0: I feel like it's time for me to confess. You see, I've carried for a dozen years now a secret shame, a guilt, a, a, a weight upon my conscience. I feel like it's time to come clean, to, to exercise the demon, to, to admit to my, my mistake, to take to take the opportunity to seek penance or perhaps at least forgiveness from the world at large and to cleanse myself, to, to release from myself the guilt and shame that I feel for the crime that I've committed. You see... Once upon a time, I sculpted some fantasy football valkyries yeah yeah they um back in the old days back when I was doing figs i did uh one of the one of the earliest uh sets that I did the I believe it was the third release that figs ever had was a series of very Scantily clad Norse women. And they sold really well. But then... Wasn't that the point? And that... You know, while I do feel a certain... Guilt over having... Worked in the the cheesecake genre. While I do feel... That it is hard to, to maintain any feminist credibility while sculpting a set of women in chainmail thongs and winged helmets for a fantasy football game. The guilt that I speak of, greater than that guilt, greater than the guilt of objectification... Is the guilt of cynicism. Because I didn't really want to sculpt. Cheesecake Norse women. Nor did I want to sculpt cheesecake dark elves. Not too long thereafter. When I did the. The Black Widow line. What I did want to do. Was sell miniatures. So I took advantage of the predictably base character of the audience to which I was marketing my products. You know, I didn't make those figures out of a love of the work. I didn't make them... Because they were the miniatures I wanted to play with, which was always what I maintained about the figs lines, you know those were the those were the fantasy football miniatures that I wanted, or at least most of them were, all of them except for those two now, in the end, my cynicism was in some ways rewarded. There was not, at least while I was selling the line, I'd have to check with Impact to see if anything has changed, but back in the day, there was never a set of figures that sold better than the Valkyries. I will say that the Black Widows did not sell wildly well, but well enough, and certainly better than the sets that were truly works of my own passion, figures like the Knolls. Instead, it was those that I had made simply because I looked out at the community around me. I looked at the kinds of miniatures that sold well in other lines. And I, I crushed my own moral compass and ignored my own artistic yearnings and sculpted a set of miniatures simply to make some money. Now, on the one hand, well that's capitalism, isn't it? Isn't that the point? If you're going to if you're going to have a business and I guess you could technically say that Figs was a business in as much as something that only ever made enough money to replace a broken computer was a business, but I never wanted it to be a business business. I wanted I wanted some miniatures that weren't in the market and I needed a way to get them. I needed a way to get my sculpts cast so that I could have the teams to play with. And you know, these are these were the days before crowdfunding. These were the days before Kickstarter. And so the option was to to sell enough teams to refund the expense that went into making them. But when I was just making figures that were things that I was interested in, I was only just covering those expenses, if covering them at all. And I knew that in order to, to make figs something that, something that earned the time that I was putting into it, you know, because I, I was having to set aside a lot of my hobby time to do figs. I was having to commit several hours every week to packing orders, you know, several several hours every week to driving to the post office to mail those orders, especially given that so many of them went overseas and took a little bit of extra effort in that regard. And so I thought that just, just squeaking by and just selling enough that I could have the, the knolls or what have you that I wanted for myself wasn't going to cut it. And what's interesting is that that was really where figs came undone. You know, the, it's kind of funny to say that something that I kept flogging away at for almost five years was A, a failure, and B, not something I enjoyed. But both of those are true. In as much as it became very quickly evident that the longevity and the effort was not to be found in things that I wanted. You know, I... I have a terrible, terrible sense of what would be successful. Well, no, that's not true because I did know exactly what would be successful. What I have a terrible sense of is what I want for myself because apparently it is too unique to be successful by any measure but in switching over to something profitable the whole effort lost its fun and not only not only the process of sculpting those specific figures but even then any figure after that because when I, when I took a turn to sculpt a team that I was interested in, it became an economic loss, and I felt guilty about that. But when I sculpted a team that I thought might be commercially successful, in as much as a couple hundred dollars in my pocket is commercially successful, let me tell you, people, if you think people are making a lot of money on miniatures, <laughs> uh, yeah. so the, in the end, because of those Valkyries, figs couldn't continue in any form. I felt bad sculpting the figures I wanted. I felt bad sculpting the figures I didn't want. Now, my stubbornness and my compulsiveness kept it going far longer than was realistic. And, you know, had we not had children when we did and forced my, my free time into a different dynamic from which it did not emerge for many years... I don't know how much longer I would have just kept plugging away at something that was not enjoyable, something that was not profitable, something that was not worth the trouble. But in the end, getting rid of figs eventually, selling that line on. Was a. Was a real weight lifted off of me at the time. You know, I had I had closed up shop. You know, I had I'd given up finally. But I would still get those emails every once in a while. Hey, do you still have these? Hey, do you still have those? And I just I was sick of it, I was tired of it. I was resentful. I was angry. I was guilty. Everything about figs had come down to a negative. So when when Tom over at Impact contacted me out of the blue and said, Hey, do you want to sell those figures? I couldn't get rid of them fast enough. You know, I don't I don't I don't think that I don't think that there was any price too low at that point for me to get rid of those figures. And You know, honestly, I've sculpted almost nothing since. And I'm okay with that. You know, I wasn't... I was never the best sculptor in the the marketplace to begin with. And I always regretted having to trade my time for painting figures and playing games for the, the sort of commercial opportunity of sculpting. So the combination of freeing myself of figs combined with the, the couple of years that having very young children to take care of provided me all really reset my entire hobby compass a few years ago to the point that I no longer even consider the possibility of sculpting a figure. I mean, my eyes have gone anyway. I, yeah, I, I proved that I couldn't do that anymore when I, when I did a few conversions for, for impact not long ago, but it's just interesting how you, You think that just because you can do something and that something might provide you with either notoriety or validation or financial reward that you need to do it. And in the end, that's not always necessarily the case. You know, just because I could sculpt miniatures doesn't mean that there was... After the after the first few uh first few sets of figures that I did professionally or semi professionally, I suppose, after the rush of those sort of wore off and it settled into the obligation of figs It became less of a gift and more of a burden. And in the end. Now you're left with the question. Just because you can do something. Especially something that is unusual. And especially something that is. Potentially lucrative. And you know especially in the society that we are in. Where your worth is measured in your net worth. Is it okay to just walk away from that? Is it okay to say, no, I don't want to do that. Is it okay to just go paint miniatures to make no money, to lose the opportunity cost of your time in exchange for an increase in your personal happiness and in exchange for contentment in exchange for just feeling better about yourself and your hobby and the way that you spend a couple hours every night so in the end i felt guilty for being cynical i felt guilty For objectifying women. But I also felt guilty... For being untrue to myself. For lashing myself to a wheel. Instead of just enjoying my life. And the lesson... That you come away with... Is that sometimes... It's not only okay to fail at something, but that you can be so much better for failing. And the story of Figs is very much the story of walking away better for having failed. <laughs> Too epic. So tense. Indeed, and welcome to episode three of the Lead Mountain Radio Hour. Your your view inside of the things that the things that I think about when I think about tabletop games. I'm your host Phil. This is my show, and these are the the things that I have brought to the mountain this week. Now, the mountain doesn't need to get any bigger, of course, which is why it's a good thing that the things I bring will all be resolved by the end of the night. I have managed to, since we last spoke, only acquire a single blister of... (laughs) A single blister of Saga Cavalry to add to the to add to the the ever-growing mountain. And I cannot say that we have that we have worked our way through more than has come in in that regard. So, the mountain report for this week is still growing. But i am I'm still enjoying painting those Robotech figures you know at this at this point in the game it's not really important whether or not I even play a game with them it is it is a a contact that I'm making with childhood and at my my advanced age you appreciate any opportunity to to connect with and reacquaint yourself with the the notion of youth in any form and on the on the Robotech front I will say that I have finally received the shipping confirmation of my my own order you'll recall if you uh, if you are a listener to game punting that i I have not been painting what are technically my own Robotech figures I was able to work out a, a bit of a trade of uh, some, some figures sent in the elusive early shipments for like kind back when those of us who made the who made the, the mistake of giving Palladium a large sum of money would eventually receive our own orders. I cannot say that the decision that they made to, to pack and ship orders in the order of the size and simplicity of those orders has done anything to improve the ever flagging morale among those of us who Committed quite a bit of mind body soul, and wallet to to helping them do so well in that campaign, but all these many many months later, I am expecting to uh, to see that box on my doorstep in the next couple of days and it's it will it will be nice to tear it open, it will be nice to to see the the fruits of that campaign finally in my hands, or at least about half of them. We still have a a wave two, which has not even been realized in its most basic form from the appearances of the communications, however fleeting and occasional we have received regarding the issue. But... I am still holding out hope that in the long run I will be able to to add an immense pile of plastic Robotech figures to the to the ever growing mountain and that I will have no need to ever concern myself with whether or not I will see any specific robotech figure in my lifetime because I will have them all in spades. So that is the the burden which we have brought this week our continuing cynicism regarding what was at one point the most exciting crowdfunding campaign In the history of exciting crowdfunding campaigns. So. Joining the conversation this week. We actually have a. An email which has come in. Which. Though not necessarily. Directly related to anything. We talked about. In specificity. Or even related to. Tabletop gaming. Still bears. Some. Some worth in in discussing as a friend of the show, Eric has uh, has sent in a a question regarding podcast players which can sync across devices. Now, I have for the. Many many years that I have done podcast listening, uh, always just used the tools provided in iOS, and that goes all the way back to the the arcane days of an iPod Touch with the the twice weekly. Manual updates in iTunes on the Mac combined with a a manual sync uh, through to the comparatively luxurious experience of having automatic downloads and subscriptions in the podcast app of today. But what I have never done myself is listening to podcasts on multiple platforms. While I will occasionally watch uh, an episode of Night Attack on YouTube rather than listen to it on my phone simply because it is a bit more visual show than others, I generally will do all of the podcast consumption that I do via the phone. So, I've never needed to to sync them across applications like that, so the question which he asked, and which is the question that I will put out by extension, is what tools are available to do that sort of syncing. Now, I believe that the podcaster skipping the e as is the the startup custom, the podcaster app. Uh, does offer that functionality, so take a look at that. But, should anyone out there in the wide world know of a an alternative or a superior suggestion, feel free to pass that along to all of us, and uh, I'm sure that it will be useful to well more than just the small circle that is waiting for an answer. So while we're confessing our sins today, I figured that I will admit that for the last couple of months, I have been flirting with, well, not quite flirting with, but in fact, entirely involved with an MMO again. Now, This is dangerous for me. I'm a compulsive. I am a collector. I am a completionist. MMOs are a place where I go to lose my life in. You know, I spent five years tied to the mast of World of Warcraft. I, you know, I nearly wound up not getting married because of EverQuest back in the day I I don't do well with MMOs they they get under my skin in a way that even the miniatures hobby can't quite replicate so saying that I have been engaged upon these shores once again should be cause for alarm however what I will say is that this time and with this game it is not quite so bad and that's that I've gone back to playing EVE Online again now the reason EVE Online fails to trigger the the dark side of my personality is because it's ultimately a terrible game. It is a game populated by horrible people who do horrible things to each other. It's a game with no substantial or compelling solo content. It's a game with very little Intellectual or physical challenge. It's not a good game. But it's a game with pretty pictures and things that I can obsess with, which I cannot necessarily hasten through mindless grinding. So. It is, in a weird sort of way, an MMO that I can that I can play without without too much risk, a little bit of risk, but not too much risk. But playing games like this always sort of begs a question for me, and it's a question that I have been. Especially focused on lately. And that is the value. Or the potential value. That online games. Present. Above. Physical games. For. The collector. Now what do I mean by that? By that I mean. You know, for somebody who is engaged in a tabletop miniatures hobby, there is a profound expense in terms of money. There is an enormous investment in time. And there is a non-trivial risk of loss. So you're spending a lot of money you're spending an immense amount of time and you're you're investing all of that into items which could be lost or stolen or destroyed in a fire or hurricane or a meteorite crash we are we are investing into something which is inherently fragile and which is inherently temporary. Now, on the other hand, when you are collecting things in the virtual world, there is typically much lower expense. You know, a, a month subscription to, to a game is always going to be less than a single blister of miniatures. You know, you, you throw a little bit of extra money in for, for assorted services that the, that the game's provider offers, and it's still less than what you're paying as a miniatures collector. You're investing a, a lot of time you know that that is a variable which is essentially a draw between the two but then you get into the question of risk and that's actually one of the more one of the more uncertain questions here because on the one hand your collection be it in-game items or in-game experiences is intangible you know it's a it's an assortment of of data in a database somewhere it's not a real thing but on the other hand it is a thing which is backed up to storage it is a thing which can be recovered from accidents or disasters and given the given the effort underway right now to provide players of online games with a legal means to evade the evade the the vagaries of copyright law in an effort to allow um, player communities the ability to maintain under certain circumstances an online community or an online entity beyond the capacity or willingness of it's creators. There is a, a potential. That an online collection. Could be. In fact. More long lived. More stable. And more. Untouchable. Than your precious miniatures. And so. You know, we get into one of those cases where were you to simply follow Ben Franklin's advice and draw up a list of pros and cons, you might be tempted to go against your heart and against your, against your instinct that the real game is the better choice as a collector, as a completionist, as an obsessionist. But I think that the rational thinker may well tilt the balance toward online games. To which I say nothing we do here on the Lead Mountain has ever been a rational decision. And I could give up every bit of data that I have accumulated in every online community. Any day, without hesitation, without remorse, without regard. But to lose a single one of my miniatures in a way which was not of my choosing would be... A searing agony. So for me, a product of of a time when MMOs weren't a thing. But maybe it's not even a generational question. You know, maybe it's just a question of temperament. You know, I'm sure that there are plenty of 40 year old guys who would go with the other choice. But this 40 year old guy is not one of those. So give me my fragile, my flammable, my crushable metal toys. You can keep your ones and your zeros and your achievements. I'm good over here. Alright, I think that about does it for, for this trip to the Lead Mountain. If you, uh, if you have any thoughts about anything that I did or did not discuss this week, you can always let me know. I can be reached at LeadMountainRadio at gmail.com or at LMRH Podcasts on Twitter. Your, your comments, your insights, your suggestions, your lamentations, your harsh consternations, They're all welcome and encouraged. Send them along. I'd love to hear it. Till next time. The mountain is high. Send brushes.